start in the Bible. Praise the Lord. And we're going to stay in the Bible. Praise the Lord, because it's the Word of God that makes us free. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah, Isaiah 9, pretty familiar portion of Scripture, I think. Maybe some of you can quote it. Praise the Lord. But Isaiah, the ninth chapter, hallelujah. Glory to your name, God. We love you. We praise you. Help us pray, church. Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for your presence here. Thank you, Lord, for every part of this service. Lord, every part of this service had value to encourage and to lead us in a better way, God. Lord, help us, Lord. Teach us, God, today to to see your word, Lord, clearly and to apply it to our lives, God, that we could be blessed and be everything you've called us to be, Lord. Have your way today. We love you, Lord. We thank you, God. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Isaiah 9, verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank God for His Word. Thank God for truth. Hallelujah. That we find in Him. Not my opinion. Not what I like. Not what I'm comfortable with. But God, give me the truth of Your Word. Amen. As we turn to Isaiah, we know very clearly this is talking about the birth of Jesus. Child is born, a son, a, a prophecy that was given to us about his birth. And it says he shall be called wonderful. I'm going to take a little bit of time and talk about that word wonderful. In the book of Psalms, in the uh, 107th chapter, four times in that chapter, it says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. When uh, we think of that word wonderful, we, it's kind of been, uh, kind of the, the wonder of it has been taken away. What, what it's really talking about as it uses that, that word, that adjective to describe Jesus, we just think, well, it's good. Wonderful is good. And, and you know, dinner was wonderful. And, and uh, thank God for, for uh, a, a wonderful day. And, but Truly, that word wonderful is, uh, is to be said full of wonder. Something that would cause wonder in your life. Something miraculous. Something to marvel at. Marvelous. Something that would just be awesome. Or that it would inspire awe in your life. I feel like in this day today, there are so many that have been jaded, they've been numbed to the wonder of life. I think the culture, I think the the movies and the, the shows that people have been watching have, have caused people to lose that ability just to just to marvel at another day, God, that's, that God's given us. 
We're so full of special effects, so full of explosions and, and, and all kind of excitement. Uh, but the excitement and the marvel of just being alive in this world. And I feel like sometimes in this culture, children are raised uh, and the wonder that ought to be natural for them. The wonder that it ought to be just something for them to be able to look at the creation of God and, and spend time and marvel at it and be awed by what God has put all around them. Sometimes I feel like this world has made people say, oh, you know, don't act like a child. That's nothing. And you've got to be so cool and, and keep yourself together where you just can't say, wow, isn't it amazing? I remember... Forgive me, but I remember in in school and just in you know pop culture. I remember seeing artwork, you know, and and the talent that's in this world amazes me sometimes. That people can can not just put a picture together, but something that that does inspire awe, and something that does bring bring you to a deeper level of emotion, and. Uh, I remember one particular artist. I'm not saying I'm a big fan. In fact, kind of, I think, irritated me and a lot of people would take silly things and, and uh, I guess, get it in galleries just day by day, cans and boxes of just things that you see every day. And then you look at that and you say, what is that? And it just kind of irks people. You know, what is that all about? That's just dumb. Anybody could do that. But many years later here, not... Fairly recently, we, we got a chance to talk to someone who knew that man personally. And they said something about this man, if you knew him, is that he was inspired of wonder in the most simple thing. He could look at just anything and just be like, wow, I just see something there. Just He said there's something just childish about his personality that everywhere he went, he saw something. It's like, do you see that? Isn't that amazing? And it's easy to look at somebody like that and say, what a, what a fool. But God help us. So busy. So quick to complain. Oh, isn't it, isn't it miserable out? Don't you hate this weather? God painted you a masterpiece. There's times where we say, what a horrible day. And God says, I sent you that rain. Because I love you. Amen. There's beauty all around us. There's wonder to behold. That so often we're just too grown up. We're too cool to really recognize. Wow. God, you've put so much. The, the miracle that we are alive today. The miracle that even though there's pain. Even though there's hurt. The different colors of of our emotions and our lives that we take for granted. And then when they're gone, that's when we, we realize, what did we have? What did we have? Can I tell you, most of all, we recognize God as being wonderful. And I want to preach to you something today so basic, so simple, something that I don't think anybody that, that even thinks the possibility of a God exists would deny. But yet I feel like it's just, 
It's a difference of night and day with people that, like Brother was saying, are, are playing church and going through the motions of hypocrisy or somebody that's just real and knows God. Does this talk about him like I know who Abraham Lincoln is and I know who George Washington is, but somebody that walks with Jesus. Because isn't that the difference that the disciples had? Wasn't there something about them that they said, you know what? These people didn't learn about Jesus. They've walked with him. And it's obvious. Because it's one thing to be able to to regurgitate Bible verses and say that I believe them. It's another thing to find wonder in who Jesus really is in your life. Amen. It's another thing altogether to know Him in such a way and that people can see in your life there's something about them that they're walking with Him. That God is awesome to them. Amen. That there's a God. I spend a lot of time every day really just people maybe calling or texting me questions about the Word of God. And and it's not uncommon for people to come to a place... Where we start asking questions about God. Where did God come from? Who made God? How powerful is God? Can He do things uh, that are impossible? And how, how far does that go? And, and you get to a place where you say, well, this Bible is, gives us enough to know Him and get right with Him. Spend eternity with Him. Yeah, but pastor, I have a problem if I don't understand this about God. And we forget that there is an aspect of wonder. That there are things, if He is an almighty God, there are going to be aspects of Him that are going to be incomprehensible. Things beyond our understanding. If He's God and we're not. See, a God that you can create is a God you can understand. Amen. But a God that truly does transcend everything that is finite and temporary. Amen. That's a God to be reverenced. That's a God that, that, that maybe just maybe he did create everything. Amen. Maybe a God that can, you can't understand, not that there aren't answers, but that the answers go past our finite ability to understand an infinite God. Amen. My fear is that too many people, because of pride, have tried their best to dumb God down. Bring Him down to my level. A God that I can understand, a God that we've we quoted sometimes. I think there was an old song, I don't know that I've ever heard it, but you know, me and Jesus got our own thing going on. He understands me, I understand Him. Hey, if that's easy to make God, hey, my God, the one that I serve, I understand everything about Him. Hey, there, my God is wonderful. My God causes me to wonder. My God causes me to be inspired by all, to marvel, to marvel. When I read this Bible, there are things that spanned decades, generations, centuries of God weaving a plan together. Amen. That's bigger than, oh, I, I know, there's some people right here, I don't like that. I want everything done today. I want the answer now. And I want everything to fit together. Praise God, can I tell you, God is working something bigger than you. 
And until you can realize you can't wrap your brain around everything God is doing and just know that He's so good, and you're going to end up better than ever if you just trust Him. Hallelujah. Psalm 8. The psalmist said, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is Thy name in all the earth, who has set Thy glory above the heavens. Your glory, your majesty, your power is higher than the highest thing I know about. And now listen to this. Psalm 8, verse 3. We quote this every now and again. I think it was fairly recently. When I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon, the stars which thou hast ordained, when I look around this earth and I see day by day, Hallelujah. The handiwork of God. The creation of Almighty God. It causes me to say, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Too many people come into church saying, make me bigger and make God smaller. It is the truth. Make me so important and make God just just a, a by a product, a, a, a side thing that I have in my life. And make me the most important thing. But the psalmist said, when I consider how big God is, when I consider how awesome He is, I wonder why He ever spent the time with me. It's like spending all day worrying about eternity for a, for a termite, for an ant, for a slug. Amen. David said, I'm just a flea. Why are you worrying about me? Amen. Just a pest, I guess. When I think about how great God is, I don't start thinking, hey, God, what, what are you doing? You get over here, take some time over here and explain yourself to me. I think, why? what is man that thou art mindful of him? We look at ourselves and all of our accomplishments and all, and we think we're just the center of everything. No, God is. By His mercy and His grace, He's, he's loved us and brought Him into His family. Psalmist said, What is man that thou art mindful of, and the son of man that thou visitest him? When I look at creation and see everything God has made, you read it in the Bible, it's all good. Amen. He made light, it was good. Praise God. He separated the light and the darkness. It was good. Everything he did was good. Amen. Hallelujah. And here I am saying, God, I don't know how you're doing things around here. I'm not sure. God didn't ask you when he's hung the stars in, in the heavens. Which, what maybe your color scheme might be. Hallelujah. We want God, and God is so good, but we've got to start with this awe. See, the great thing about it is He does love us. He is mindful of us. He, he, he does hear every prayer, every cry, every tear. But that's not so awesome to someone who doesn't recognize, God, you didn't have to do it, but you did. I'm... I see it more than ever. More than ever. I, I see it. I hear it. See it in ministry. I hear it. See it in Christians. I hear it in the songs and in the, in, in the preaching. I hear God is... 
It's not about him. It's about us. It's about me. We are so great. We are so awesome. We are so needy. And God is just so, so, you know, just like us. We try to make our music sound like what we want. Try to make our, our, our gospel fit what we like. Amen. The more familiar I become with the Word of God, the more I understand God takes us, takes us in areas we're not comfortable. Areas that, we, that are going to challenge us and cause us to question. Cause us to... But oh, His plan. What a, what a beautiful plan He has in our lives. The book of Psalms in night, verse, chapter 19 says, The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth His handiwork. To see God in this world and to not just recognize how, how amazing it is. I think about it so often. I think about how scientists today have looked at this earth and looked at the handiwork of God, have looked at the dirt, have looked at the stones, have looked at the matter of this world and said, that's the same stuff that I'm made out of. But I'm sitting here thinking about that rock, and that's not rock doesn't care whether I'm here or not for the next thousand years. I'm sitting there looking at that rock, wondering what it saw and what came and went and what kind of storms. And, what, and that rock doesn't know anything. It's just a rock. But somehow that rock and the minerals in that rock came together and formed a conscious human being. And you think about the fact that somehow, some way, I, I'm sitting here thinking not only about where I came from, but where I'm going. And I start thinking about my family and I start loving them and I start worrying about them and I start think, thinking God how can I help them make better choices that rock's not thinking anything about any other rock but the same kind of matter and minerals that are in that rock somehow came together in me and caused me to wonder what in the world is going to happen when me and that rock are, are long forgotten but I'm supposed to think there's no spirit there's no soul there's no God that has put that in me that considers eternity. Oh, God's handiwork. God's handiwork declares his glory. To wonder. To be in awe. To marvel at the creation of God. And to recognize that, that in it all that there would be a God that would create the heavens and the earth. And, and place you in it at this time with, with the gifts and the abilities that he's given you. Hallelujah. God help us. I marvel. I marvel at creation. I marvel at a God that supersedes, that transcends my, my ability to understand, my ability to, to recognize just, just who and, and where and how He is. But yet He said, I am. I am. That's who I am. I am. And I can rest in that. And marvel in that every morning. I think about His handiwork. I think about this creation. I think about the vastness of the universe and the, the vastness of, of the microverse. The vastness of deeper and deeper into, into us, into our cells, into our DNA, into the, the very elements that have made us. And I thank God you're so much bigger than I am.
But more than that, more than that, Hebrews, the second chapter. I, before I move on to this next part of this message, I want to encourage somebody, slow down. Regain that wonder. Regain that marvel of just simple things that are around you. Just simple things day by day. Don't spend your days wasting time complaining when you've got you got symphonies around you. You've got masterpieces around you. You've got beauty around you that that you rush past and complain because things are are not quick enough and things aren't happening in in your way and your will. Can I tell you God's God's put so much before you even today that if you will allow yourself to be thankful for another day that God allowed you to breathe his air you can be filled with wonder. The wonder of the life God created you to have. And I've got something even greater than that. Hebrews 2 verse 1 says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. God's talking to the Hebrew people here in His Word, and He's talking to them and reminding them about the how God sent Moses and God sent the law and how, how important it was for them to hear the message that was sent to them by God. Because it wasn't so much Moses, it wasn't so much stony tablets, it was God's heart being expressed to His people. Amen? And I know there's a lot of people that think, yeah, that was the Old Testament. Ooh, that's kind of spooky. Yeah, they needed to be serious about that God. Same God. There's no different God. Amen. Still, hey, this child's going to be called the Everlasting Father. Not a different God. Amen. Hallelujah. The Word, now listen to this, if the Word spoken by angels was steadfast in every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. Yeah, Old Testament. Take that Word seriously. Don't mess with what Moses said. We've got Jesus now. We've got a kinder, gentler God. We've got a God that, that doesn't really... It's okay. You don't have to take Him so seriously. Is that what follows in these verses that if that word from Moses was so important isn't that what a lot of people think wow that must have been pretty messed up to have to live with Moses and God on the mountain and and commandments and all that he says if all that received a just recompense of reward how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation which at first had begun to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard Him. Now Jesus comes and suffers and dies so that we can have the Word written on our hearts. Don't take that lightly. Don't let that slip. Don't neglect that. Now, that's another message altogether, but I want to focus in a little bit on something that's said here about what we would be neglecting. So great salvation. I love that. You'll hear me quote that often. 
Because I believe that. This salvation that God's given us is a great salvation. And I'm convinced it's so much greater than what a lot of people have ever, ever experienced. I'm convinced that so many people have gone through the motions and played church and have not realized how great a price was paid for them. Because this salvation that that Jesus paid for through His own blood, dying on that cross to take my place, my guilt, my shame. And that when we turn away from an old life but turn toward Him, our faith and our trust says, my old life died on that cross. My old life was paid for. My old hang-ups, my old addictions, my old battles, that's all dead in Jesus. Hallelujah. Considered so dead that when Jesus died and rose again and the gospel was preached that first time in Acts the second chapter, he said, repent of your sins and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. What is that? Keep on reading throughout that New Testament. It's burying that old life. I am considering that old life so past, it's dead, and I'm going to have a, a funeral service for it. going to bury it. So that from here on out, every time the enemy says, oh, I know what you're like. Oh, no, that's what I was. It's buried. It's buried. It's dead. It's buried. Amen. Not only forgiven, not only the old life taken away, but filled with a new life. Filled with that precious power of the gift of the Holy Ghost. This great salvation. This great salvation does not just let us go on with all of those same battles, those same struggles, those same sins, those same hang-ups. Is that what Jesus paid for? Is that the gospel that you have heard? That somehow this transformation that God has afforded for you is is really just kind of symbolic that you're hoping for it that all you can do is say god i'm sorry again i, I can't help myself i've got no power to overcome all those past demons all those past struggles all those past sins nothing's really changed i just say thank you god i guess it's forgiven again today no there's a change this great salvation Makes you free. Jesus said, whom the Son has made free is free indeed. The truth will make you free. Old things will pass away. All things will become new. This salvation. Brother testified this morning. Saying, I don't recognize myself from that old life. A new creation. A new. Amen. The devil's lied to you and said you have to carry that with you all your life. I said the devil's lied to you saying that you've got to struggle all your life. Amen. You've got victory in Jesus. This, this salvation is a great salvation. God will break chains. We sing about him being a chain breaker and then go our way and pick our chains up and walk out that door. 
God's given you a great salvation. You can be new. You can be free. I, I know this isn't just what everybody wants to hear Sunday morning. But I'm telling you, you can be free. I'm not here to to justify an old life that's still being held on under the surface. God will get down into your heart. God will set you free down underneath the surface. Amen. That battle that's going on under you, amen, that you can shout and you can sing, but inside you're worrying, you're fearing, you're thinking about what's going to happen and how it's going to maybe fall apart. and You don't need to be that person anymore. You can be free. Hallelujah. Sometimes I, I know you, you, if you're listening and you're paying attention, there's times during worship. I, I know what, I'm, what God's leading. and There's people that are still, they're, they're doing everything on the outside, but inside, nothing's changed. There's still that old one, that, that old man is still alive. That, that old, old you is still on the throne of your life. I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm not trying to make you feel less. I'm trying to tell you, you don't have to carry that around anymore. God made a way that you can be free. Hallelujah. God made a way that you can have an abundant life. Amen. We don't have to go around this world. It's hypocrisy. It's religious hypocrisy to go around and tell people, Oh, God will set you free. And not, you're not free. God will help you and you need help. God's going to break all those chains and you've got chains. Amen. I'm not saying there aren't times where, where, where we have battles, but brother, sister, God wants to set you free. That's what this gospel is about. Telling you the truth is, is the first step for you to get the help you need. To truly have the liberty. The fruit of the Spirit is not just me trying to do better. Oh, I have this conversation regularly, it seems. Well, I, I'm trying my best to, to, to love people. I'm trying my best to, to, to have joy. You don't try to have joy. You get Jesus in your life, and His joy flows out of you. The Bible says, unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. Amen. On coming to this house and half-hearted praise and worship. Listen, number one, he's wonderful. He's glorious. I, I put all my emotion, all my heart into loving him. Amen. Praise the Lord. He's, he's wonderful. But what he does in our lives, it, it ignites as a fire in our lives. Praise the Lord. When I look around and I see people, and people, well, they're, what can you say? They're people. They're just different. And I'm going to try my best to love them. How about getting filled with Jesus and loving His love being in you? His love will change. I'll tell you something. This is the answer. The same answer to joy is the same answer to love. You say, I really struggle with loving people. You need Jesus in your heart. Because it's not you struggling. It's not you trying. It's not you working it out. It's you having Jesus see them through his eyes in your life. Wait a minute. Are you telling me? I don't. I'm telling you, you better double check. 
Because when God fills your life, it's not going to be a Pharisee attitude. Now, Jesus didn't care for that too much. Amen. It's going to be something that's beyond you. Well, and I hear it all the time. Well, this is where I struggle. You died on the cross. Quit struggling. A dead man don't struggle. Amen. If he's still struggling, he needs to, he needs to be nailed a little tighter to that cross. Are you hearing me? Well, it's just hard for me because it's impossible for you. But when you've got this great salvation, it will utterly change your heart, your mind, your spirit. And if it looks like you're a Christian on the outside, but inside you still don't like people and you can't stand them and you have impatience with them, the fruit of the Spirit is what you need. I can talk to you and talk to you and talk to you about why it ought to be, but I can't change your heart. God changes your heart. You need to get filled and stay filled. Amen. You need to get filled and stay filled because the fruit of the Spirit are in fact that tell you something that's hard for people to understand. There are people that haven't been raised very well, been taught to be kind, taught to be polite. Amen. And um, taught to be decent and to be fair. But being a Christian is more than that. It's not just your best behavior. It's Jesus in you. And this is my, my last point of this. Praise God that says in Matthew 5. Oh, hallelujah. When you turn into Matthew 5, somebody say, he's wonderful. I know some of you are not like your flesh don't like this at all. Let me be religious. Let me go through the motions. I'm telling you, the gospel will change your life to cause wonder. Matthew 5, verse 14 says, ye are the light of the world. How many times have we heard it quoted? Think about it. You're the way people see the light in this world. You see a good person, a religious person? Somebody goes to church? They see the light of this great salvation. And it causes... Listen, I'm going to tell you in this world today... When you're living close to God, when you're living on fire for God, there's going to be a wonder. People are going to look at your life. People that knew you maybe, or people that know your situation and what you're going through. And you could say, oh, I'm telling you what, I'm struggling, I'm hanging in there, uh, but I'll tell you, I don't understand why, and I don't oh, no, 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 child of God. It's got peace that people are saying, how? How? Everybody else is falling apart. Nobody could do what you're doing. Something extraordinary. Something that I marvel at. You, you've got light in your life that I don't have. I believe the power of God's Spirit in a child of God will shine to the most moral, decent person in this world and show them, hey, there's more than just my good teaching and upbringing. There's something more that is shining in you. Something that will cause wonder. Something that people will see something supernatural. Because if you could do it, if I could do it on my own, Jesus wouldn't have had to die on that cross for us. There ought to be something when they walk into church and see your love for God, your worship. 
There will be something that they can not only see, but they can feel it. Sometimes that's where persecution comes from. Amen? They see something, they feel something, they don't want to admit you've got something they need. And they're going to fight you. They're going to hate you. Amen. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, or on a, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. I know some of you are being challenged right now, and that's what God wants. He wants you to examine yourself and say, hey, are you living this mediocre lifestyle that it doesn't really take the Spirit of God to work in that? Or is there something you're living your life day by day and you've got victory, you've got the peace of God, you've got the joy. Are you hearing me today? Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you, it's been a while. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And glorify your Father which is in heaven. They're going to recognize the wonder that is in God when they see God's works through you. I read this week about a young man named Joseph. Maybe you've heard of him. He had a tough time of it, didn't he? Doesn't make any sense at all why David was hated, lied about. And you can say all you want, hey, God was taking care of him there in Potiphar's house. He's still a slave. Sold by his brothers. Separated from his family. Still blessed. The blessing he couldn't see was that God was repositioning him for his work. And it didn't just happen in a week, did it? He's lied on, tempted, lied on, and sent to the dungeon. God brings him out of that dungeon, cleans him up, and puts him in a place of... It was always God's plan for many years. That, that plan finally came to pass, and he passed every test along the way. Got where he needed to be. The Bible says at that time there was a great famine in all the land and everybody, Joseph, had worked with the power of God, the blessing of God, the wisdom of God to set that kingdom up in a place where they could help and save the lives of not only his family but everyone in that region through that famine. Amen? And through a very amazing story, just seeing God finally bring some things to pass. Hey, there'll come a day when that happens. There'll come a day when it all comes together and you can say, ah, that's what he was talking about. Hallelujah. Hold on. I read this week how Joseph reveals himself to his brothers and, and tells them, you didn't send me into Egypt. You didn't send me here. It was, you didn't have anything to do. God did this. He took the power that they had right out of their hands and gave it to God and said, God did this. Devil, you don't have authority over me. You're not controlling my life. God is. And he also took away his right and authority 
to hold a grudge about it and be angry about it, gave it right to God and said, God meant it for good. And he tells them, God did this. God's doing this. I said, God's doing this. Joseph says, go back and tell my father I'm still alive. Bring him back here. We're going to take good care of him. They go back to their father, Joseph's father, Jacob, and say, Joseph's alive. There's no way he could believe that. All these years he mourned. He refused to be comforted. His son, he saw the lie that they fabricated, the the coat that he had given them covered in blood. He had already in his heart and mind buried him forever and would go down to his grave mourning because his son was certainly dead. And they said, no, he's alive. He's in, he's in charge in Egypt. How can I believe something so ridiculous? After all the evidence I've already been shown, after all the things I've been through, how can I believe something? They said, look at all these gifts and wealth. That he sent with us. We're all dying. We're all starving. This whole region is starving. But look, we've got wagons full of wealth and gifts that your son Joseph has sent to us. Explain that. And he said, my son's alive. I'll go see him before I die. What am I saying? When we live in this world church and everybody says, Show, look around. Have you seen this world? Show me God. I hear what you're saying, but I've heard it all before. I hear the words that you're speaking, and and quite honestly, they just become empty because I've seen some of those hypocrites. I've seen them hate one another, gossip about one another, betray one another. I've seen their hypocrisy. I've heard all the right words, but I just really don't believe it. And then you show them the gifts the supernatural gifts that God has put in your life, that love, that wonder, that joy, that peace. They see. They don't just hear you say, let me tell you what the Bible says, but they see something in you that is wealth beyond what they could possibly imagine. Something is going on here. Maybe it is real. Maybe you can be saved. Maybe there's something to this Jesus. Maybe there's something to this gospel. Because they're going to wonder at the amazing gifts that God's placed in you that is beyond your best. Beyond you trying real hard. Beyond you trying not to bite in your tongue so you don't slip and, and, and fly off the handle and lose your temper. But something that is a gift. God's salvation in you. Listen, some of you are saying, brother, I can't live that. Oh, he puts it in you. He'll, he'll work in your life. Say, well, what, what's he going to take from me? He's going to take your guilt. He's going to take your shame. He's going to take your condemnation. And he's going to start putting in you gifts. If he takes something away from you, you're going to recognize when you say, God, get, you're going to tell him, get that out of here. Give me something better than that. I'm tired of that old life. I'm tired of those old crutches I've had. I'm tired of all the old, old grudges that I have. Are you hearing me today? God's going to give you something better. God's never robbed me from anything that he hasn't just said, okay, hey, let me show you what I have that's better. I like the way one preacher said many, many years ago that 
I think I said it here several times how, you know, it's like taking a bone from a dog. You just don't grab that thing and rip it out of its jaws. You, you show it something bigger. Show it something better. That's what God will do for you. God's not robbing you. He's giving you. And when the world sees the gifts in your life, not your best. There's some pretty neat people in this building. I tell you the truth. Some people that have some, some, some really neat stories to tell and, and, and neat ways about their personality. But God's got something that will cause your neighbors to wonder. God's got something that will cause your family members to say, wait a minute. That's something greater than I have. And it's going to cause them, like Joseph's father, to believe. Jesus is alive. Jesus does give me hope. Jesus does have amazing grace for me as well. Why is there so much passion? Why is there so much zeal in this church? Because when you have something so wonderful, when you have something so real, it's not a tradition of men, it's not a routine or a ritual, but it's life. Hallelujah. My question is, why isn't there more passion? Why isn't there more zeal? When I see people that are satisfied to come to church and kind of just lazily go through the motions and half-heartedly say, oh, how I love Jesus. Yeah, he's good. Good to see you today and go our way. Oh, God, help us. But when we can say, Lord, you've done so much for me. Lord, you're wonderful. You're wonderful. Let's bow our heads in prayer. His name shall be called wonderful. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. This wonderful Savior, whether you're not sure that you're a child of God today or you've been living for God for most of your life, I preach to you all today that He is wonderful. When we realize that there is a God, I see Him. See Him in the lives, the changes of those around me. I see something that I can't explain. When I see God's power, God's fire, God's love, Oh, hallelujah. I want more of Him. The Bible is very clear. Say, well, I believe in God. That's good. I want you to understand something. The Bible also tells us that the devil believes in God. And he trembles. The idea of merely believing in Him... is not what this Bible teaches. But if you'll come to Him, if you'll come to Him, turn away from the past, from your old life, and turn to Him. Repent of your sin. Put your confidence in God and no longer in the things that have held you back.
there's a salvation for you. I, I see it. So often in the children of Israel wandering in the wilderness, I see Christians who've had a real experience with God, but somewhere along the line they've hardened their hearts and they're just spinning their wheels. That wonder is gone. That wonder is gone. It's become a routine rather than something that inspires awe. When you pray, when you read the word, the wonder is gone. When you come to the house of God, it's just... It's just like those that lived in Jesus' day. He's just the carpenter's son. Nothing exciting here. That familiarity. That familiarity that's caused you just to lose your wonder. The gifts of the Spirit in operation. No wonder anymore. Power of God moving, but you're so distracted. Listen, Christian, it's time to regain the wonder. God wants you. Wants you to be in heaven with Him for eternity. Wants you to experience the wonder. Day by day living for Him. He wants you to experience this so much that He bled and died on the cross for you. So that everything that holds you back, every 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 hurt every chain of the enemy can be broken oh if you could only believe it if you could only see this is God's plan for your life that old life doesn't have to have dominion over you anymore has no authority over you oh in the name of Jesus he'll break every chain your life in awe and wonder of a life that's been saved, been redeemed. Hallelujah. What a great life. What a great life God has for you. People just getting through day by day. Listen to me. God came that you might have life. And that more abundantly. Surrender it all to Him. Surrender your life to God. He'll fill you with His goodness. He'll fill you with His great salvation. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. He's a great God. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Oh, we love you, Lord. We pray.
surviving. This great salvation that God has paid for will help you thrive. Will help you go above and beyond who you are, your strengths, your weaknesses, and give you His Spirit. That when you struggle, you lean on Him. When you're hurting, you lean on Him. When you're weak, you lean on Him and He shines His light. People will see that light and give God glory. They will give Him honor. They'll see how wonderful He is through you. I'm asking this church today, I'm asking the people who are come here for years, can people see how wonderful God is through you? That they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Oh, that's what I want. More than just a few hours of church, but a life of light. A life that shines forth His wonder. Can we all stand, please? Thankful for the presence of God working throughout this service. Thankful so much for His help. He's a wonderful God. That's why we give Him glory and with our hearts, with our passion, with our zeal. He's worthy. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray, Lord, that in this life, in this world, it's so easy to be bogged down, so easy to be in a hurry and distracted and forget the wonder of being your child. Not only the wonder of this creation that you have given us, but the wonder of this great salvation. Lord, help us not to not to dumb it down, not to, to lower it into the dirt, but Lord, to lift you up because you paid such a great price for it. Bless each one, I pray, God. Be with each one as we travel. Please keep us safe. And Lord, I pray you would just let this word work in our hearts and lives that we would be doers, that we would live that light, God, and others would see how great you really are. You are wonderful. Lord, we thank you for it. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you, church. Please be careful on those roads.